Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. Good morning with Jamie Lint and Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. Take your thoughts and comments this morning. Yates Flooring Center chat line. Go to the Double T 97.3 mobile app. It's presented by Happy State Bank. Visual Edge IT hotline is open as well. Uh, this, uh, I heard several mentions last night that Bailey Maupin wasn't at her best. Is she hurt? Certainly didn't play like she was hurt. The lady, young lady is a warrior. No, she's sick. She was sick. So... Just not, just not feeling it. But uh, man, certainly, certainly stepped up um, to uh, to play. Uh, somebody else uh, said they wanted to see the father daughter meet after the game between uh, Jada Wynn and her dad Derek, who's an assistant coach. Um, how'd that go, Chuck? Had to be a proud moment for the dad. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, I talked to him before the game, and he was like, "God, this is weird." You know, just you know, having to go up against your daughter. I mean, you can imagine that, Jamie. Um, and um, and then after the game, um, her mom, who used to coach at the University of Washington, she was the head coach, uh, was wearing a Lady Raider sweatshirt and a UCI hat. So you can understand that. So sure. it looked like, you know, looked like they were both pretty happy for their daughter, though. You know, but I mean, the dad, I mean, he's, you know, trying to coach him up. Right. So he was on one hand, you know, I think proud for his daughter. On the other hand, you know, like, well, kind of let an opportunity slip away there because they. Yeah. Nine point halftime lead. They were they were in control of the game. I mean, they got up 41 to 31 at one point, and then they only scored 13 more points the rest of the way. So Tech outscored them 29 to, to 13 down the stretch. So that's a, that's a pretty good turnaround uh, for that basketball team and once once they went into the uh, to the zone. All right. Um, Red Raider basketball tonight, they take on on Butler. Uh, what's, your, what's your thought going into this one? I feel good about the Red Raiders' chances. I don't think Butler is the Butler team that we've, <clears throat> you know, seen in years past. Mm-hmm. I feel like Tech figured some things out there and in the Bahamas, and uh, gotta believe that uh, came away from that with a lot of confidence. So I, I really like the Red Raiders' chances tonight. Yeah, no, I, I, I think, uh, I think you're right. I think, I think they did kind of figure some things out. Butler is five and two on the season. Uh, they're coming off of uh, back-to-back wins. They beat Boise State. 70 to 56 and they have a win over Penn State 88 to 78. Their their two losses were back to back. They lost to Florida Atlantic 91-86 and fell at Michigan State 74 to 54. And those are both ranked teams. Yeah. Um they have four guys in double figures uh led by Pierre Brooks the second. He averages 16.7 a game and then um have three other guys that are uh, that are in double figures. They um, Let's see. From a three-point standpoint, they they average about eight a game, so uh, they shoot at about thirty-four percent, and uh, they've been beating their teams by about about fifteen a game. Um, from a turnover standpoint, they turn it over about ten times a game, so probably a team that kind of sounds like takes care of the basketball at least here in the early going. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of what you always expect when mm-hmm. you talk about Butler. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, and they they force their opponents to turn it over about thirteen a game, so. Turnover margins uh, almost plus three, um, plus three for them. So it, um, yeah, this would and this is a true road game for the Red Raiders, obviously, because they're playing at Hinkle, and so it's your. Even though they played a couple of games down in the Bahamas, they played three down there. Those were obviously neutral site games, but 
um, this is this will give them a, a real a real test tonight to to see what they've got. Yeah, good atmosphere, good crowd, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, support of fan base, all that good stuff. Uh, Joe Toussaint leads uh, the Red Raiders right now, averaging fourteen and a half a game. Pop Isaac's thirteen point seven, and Darion Williams ten point two, and then Devin Cambridge is at uh, nine point eight, followed by Warren Washington at eight point three. So that's a good compliment right there. Um, has Ju- has Joe Toussaint surprised you? Um, maybe a little bit. Uh, he looks like, uh, man, I, I love his ability to get to the rim. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love his kind of fearlessness there. Uh, I, I, I would prefer he not shoot as many threes as he does. Uh, but man, I, I love him going to the basket. He, he looks like the kind of the spark plug for that team. Uh, kind of the heart and soul of the squad so far. Well, I think he's a terrific defender as well. So, man, when he's going to the basket, I think it's it's good thing. So, um, maybe a little bit, yeah, yeah. I mean, I figured he would be a big factor, mm-hmm. but I think I think he's been better than I would have expected. Yeah, he's averaging thirty three minutes a ball game. He leads the Red Raiders in that. It shows you his importance right there. Yeah, and and when you talked about his three point shooting, he's nine of twenty eight on the season, so he's at thirty two percent. The guy that you'd like to get. A little bit more accurate on his three-point shooting is Pop Isaacs, and you feel like that'll come, and maybe that maybe that has come over the last couple of games. Yeah, I'm not uh, too worried about Pop at this point. We we know he's a terrific shooter. He's just kind of know, find his shot, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, he's uh, shooting at about a 27 percent clip, but he's he's 12 of 45, um, and he's averaging a 13.7 points a ball game. The, the one thing about him, you'd, you'd love, and he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot, so he's going to lead the team in turnovers, but right now he's got 19. Mm-hmm. 19, so in your first, uh, your six, you know, five and one of the season, so he's a little over little over three a ball game uh, so far. Red Raiders have just the uh, the one loss, and that was to Villanova. That was last Thursday, 85 to 69. kind of seems like a while ago, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, it seems yeah, like. I mean, they've played a couple of games since then, so seem, yeah. Seems seems like seems like a while ago. At least at least it does. At least it does to me. Um, so yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to kind of um, seeing that Hinkle Field House. I mean, it's you know, it's. I think it always kind of lives up to its expectations to a certain degree. I mean, when you go into a kind of a historic facility like that, you would compare that to like a Cameron Indoor or something along those lines. You know, as a place that people would. Would love to maybe see a game or play a game or something like that. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm sure it falls into that category. I don't know that I'd put it quite as high as Cameron. Cameron, but yeah, it's pretty yeah. high. I mean, that's a, that's a that's a pretty. I mean, they it only has like what six thousand seats. Have you ever gone into that one? Have you been there? No. Okay. There there have been some guys that um, I've. T- it's it's not the easiest place to get into during the day, but I've talked to some guys that have had that experience. I want to say Garrett Luft has done that. I want to say that he. Worked and worked and worked one day to figure out a way to, and finally, finally made it in. Um, but it's, um, you know, it's obviously kind of a, be a cool place to, yeah, to, to, to see a game and mm-hmm. kind of experience that, especially, especially if, if the, if there's a game going on. I mean, it's one thing to kind of see the place. It's another thing to experience the, uh, the actual game going on and, and something along those lines. So this would be, this would be a good resume win if you could get this win tonight. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully Butler turns out to be a good team. I would expect they will be. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll have it tonight at four thirty. Play by play at five thirty tonight from uh, Indianapolis. As far as uh, Texas Tech basketball is concerned, 
tonight. So we'll, we'll get some comments from uh, Coach uh, Grant McCaslin throughout the morning this morning as uh, Red Raiders go for win number six on the season. So, And then after this game, Texas Tech will come back on December the 6th and take on Omaha and then break for finals and play Oral Roberts on December the 12th. So I've not gotten December into my head yet in terms of what days are what days. I mean, I know that they go one, two, three, four, five, six. I understand that. That they do. <laughs> Tomorrow is the first. Tomorrow is the first. I'm just having. We'll start from there. I know. I just haven't figured out what day of the week the six is. Okay, that's Wednesday, and then they come back. They're off for the next few days because of finals, and they'll play on December the twelfth, which is a Tuesday against uh, against Omaha, and then they uh, then they have the neutral site game on the sixteenth, which is a Saturday at Dickey's Arena in Fort Worth when they face Vanderbilt. So. It all kind of all kind of clicks together like that. Mm-hmm. One, two, three, four, five, six, all the way to thirty-one. All the way, <laughs> all the way to thirty. And then we started. Then we started a brand new year. Then we started a brand new year. It's uh, it's it. Sometimes you make it to be more complicated, or I make it to be more complicated than it than it needs to be. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of the way it goes, though. Uh, we'll have cowboy football tonight. It seems strange for them to play back-to-back Thursdays. They face the Seattle Seahawks. Russell Wilson no longer there. But um, see if the Cowboys can stack a little success there. Yeah, Seahawks have been kind Geno of up Smith and down. Geno Smith is their quarterback. Up and down team yeah, this year. Yeah. They have, they have capabilities. They have capabilities. Uh, somebody asked this question real quick. Is it possible that the Bahamas brought the team together whereas last year Maui tore the team apart? Maybe so. Hmm. Maybe so. They're, they're they're allowed to get together. That's the purpose of those trips, is to build is to build a bond, not to build a bonfire. Six twenty five. It's funny what happens when your coach stays with a team, right? <laughs> right. Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T ninety seven three, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I wonder how the Indianapolis folks feel about a six thirty tip time for uh, Butler and Texas Tech tonight. If they prefer that to be seven or seven thirty, you know, they get off work time, get to get to the the ballpark, get to the arena, get to the field house, you know, and get off work a little bit early to get over there. A lot of Joes asking Cliff for, hey man, can I? I'm going to go to the ball game tonight. Can I slide away here about fifteen minutes early? Yeah, I'm not real sure what they think, Chuck. <laughs> okay. Not really. Like that, Joe and Cliff, you know, trying to kind of figure it out there in the the warehouse there in Indianapolis, you know, trying to see who's going to get to go to the ball game. Well, you know, Sam, he wanted to go too, but not uh, tough deal. Tough deal. Tough deal for him. Um, we'll have uh, the Cowboys on the air tonight. How about this? I did not know this. The Cowboys are the first team. <laughs> this is, seems to be crazy to me. The Cowboys are the first team in NFL history to win their first five home games in a season by at least 20 points. Well, I mean, it does seem like a crazy stat, and then you look at the teams that they've played, sure. you're like, nah, that's expected. Yeah, but I mean, for a team that really hasn't has met has not met expectations over the last few years, they're at least you know starting to... Do you mean 25? I think they've met expectations over the last few years. Well, they've come up short in the playoffs. Did you think they were winning the Super Bowl? No, but I mean, I, I Did think... Did you think they were going to be a playoff team? 
Yes. And they have been. And they have been. Then did you think they would be early round exits in the playoffs? No. No, I did. No. I didn't. When they're playing at home, I feel like you should, you know, probably show up a little bit better than what they have. One game here or there, yeah. That's fair. You know. But I, I feel like I expected them to be a playoff team, and they were, and a good team, but it's... Not great. Not great. Yeah. Okay. Um, they they got a. I don't know that they're looking ahead. They they can't afford to look ahead. But you know, up next for them is a, a rematch with Philadelphia. But you know, first things first, they have to take on a Seattle team that is six and five on the season. Cowboys are are favored by uh, nine and a half points. But you have to you have to give it up to Dak Prescott. I mean, he has he has performed in these games that he needed to perform in. Um, and, yeah, played well against the Eagles, really well. You know, but I mean, he he has, you know, right now he's on this roll where he's got 18 touchdowns and just two interceptions since the San Francisco loss, 42 to 10. Seahawks coming off of a loss to uh, the 49ers on Thanksgiving, 31 to 13. Um, so maybe the maybe the question mark is uh, how good are the 49ers? Um, and and maybe you know for the for the Cowboys, I mean, if they were to beat Philadelphia, I mean, Philadelphia is the they're the best team in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. They're the best team in the NFL right now. So if you could, and I mean, the, the Cowboys were right there with them. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's encouraging. Uh, absolutely. I mean, and it's going to be tough to unseat them. I mean, they're they've got a two game lead in the NFC East. It's it's hard to kind of think that Philadelphia is going to lose you know t- two more times, um, and then the Cowboys would would be in a situation where they would be tied with them because that they, they would have to to beat them. But you know. Any, anything anything can happen, but you know, first things first. Cowboys are are five and zero at home. They're three and three away from home. They're three and one in division games. Five and three in the conference games, and they're they're eight and three on the season. And and so far, you you would have to say that Dak Prescott has has performed this year. I would agree. You know, you would have I would agree. And and, and obviously the, didn't play great in that Forty ers game, but uh, no, yeah, he's had a great season so far. And I mean, and he's had great regular seasons before. Yeah, two fifty nine of three seventy, seventy percent completion rate. Um, he has twenty three touchdowns on the year. He's uh, got six interceptions. And then you know, just from you know a, a running standpoint, I think you know Tony Pollard has been solid. He's averaging four point two uh, yards per carry. And then I think the other guy, Rico Dowdle, um, he's been a yeah, he's been a really good um, backup, you know, for Pollard, and and he's been he's been steady. He's been a guy that can hang on to the football, and uh, he's only scored one touchdown, but he's been able to get you know critical yards for you when you need him and spell spell Pollard. And then from a receiving standpoint, I think C.D. Lamb is just I mean he's stud, one of the best in the bigs. Yeah, or, I mean in the league, yeah. not the bigs. But. Yeah, I mean he he's got seventy eight catches, um, six touchdowns. He's averaging almost 14 yards a catch, and then I think the other guy that I don't know if he's been a, I don't know if this is a surprise or if it's just nice to see him kind of continue at this level. But Brandon Cooks has been a great addition for the Cowboys. Solid, mm-hmm. yeah. And and then I think, I think there was a time early on in the season where you felt like he was a little bit um, of a disappointment, but I feel like he's come on of late. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know you've gotten some you know good. I mean I think. You haven't had the drop off maybe at the tight end spot that I thought you were going to have. So, and then defensively, I mean, what can you say? I mean, you know, Micah Parsons is just—he's been a beast. He's got eleven and a half sacks. 
He's he's a difference maker. He's he's put that pressure on the quarterback that all teams want. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's that's going to be a problem for uh, Geno Smith tonight and for uh, for the Seahawks and can disrupt that. Uh, that goes that goes a long ways um, to to you know make putting your putting your offense in a, in a good spot. And then man, the guy that's been the star of the show also on defense has been Deron Bland with just his ability to get the pick six. It's just crazy. I mean, he's got six of them. All right, five touchdowns, seven interceptions. This is crazy. Yeah. I mean, he's just got a nose for the just got a nose for the football. So, mm-hmm. and then a playmaker once he gets it mm-hmm. in his hands. So, do you, do you expect a double digit win tonight by the Cowboys? Um. Yeah, I don't expect a blowout, but if it was, you know, ten or fourteen, that wouldn't shock me. Just, you know, does it? If you were like this fervent fan of the Cowboys, does it bother you that they're playing back-to-back Thursdays? Do you think that's a disadvantage for them? No. No? Okay. No. Because okay. they'll get a... They'll get a the, the, the beauty for them is they'll get a little bit of a break, you know, after this. They'll get a couple days off mm-hmm. before they have to play uh, next week. So the team they played last Thursday was on the same amount of rest, right? Mm-hmm. And the team they're playing this Thursday is on the same amount of rest? Mm-hmm. So how could it be an advantage or disadvantage? I don't know. Just on your, I, 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 I wasn't necessarily thinking about the opponent so much as just the the wear and tear of the player, of the quick turnaround from. But I mean, it's 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 a week from Thursday to Thursday. I get that, but so you're only playing on one short week. Yeah, Everybody only, does it. Yeah, you're only playing on one short week. That's 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 fair. The Cowboys play this. They play tonight. And then they play again uh, against Philadelphia, which is the Sunday night game uh, that'll be in uh, Dallas on Sunday, December the 10th. And of course, we'll have that game for you here on Double T 97.3. Our coverage tonight at 6 on 100.7. The score will pick it up after the tech broadcast tonight here on Double T 97.3. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. On Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. Uh, speaking of uh, Ole Miss, our good friend and the co-host of Tech Talk in the afternoon, Dr. Mike Gustafson, sent this to me uh, about Ole Miss, That a little bit of news for them from last night. Former uh, Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year at Oklahoma State, Musa Sise, has now been cleared by the NCAA to play at Ole Miss. Apparently, they found out right before the game last night with NC State. Exciting. It's yeah. funny how many guys uh, were initially declared ineligible, yeah. and then they changed it. Right. So, what's the what's the deal on that? Was there threat of litigation? Was the did the NCA finally get through all their paperwork? I mean, what? Because you've you've had some tech players being that former tech players being that same situation. I don't know what the answer is there, Chuck. I mean, I do not know. I just. On one hand, if a rule is a rule, okay, then make it a rule. Then don't go back. If this is the rule, then that's the rule. On the other hand is if you're going to be wishy-washy about it or if you're going to eventually, you know, um, let the kid play, then why penalize the kid and the team for the first month of the season? You know, it's yeah. like, it's like you know, make a decision, damn it. I mean, come yeah. on. Like at a certain point, you're, hey, you're excited. They ruled me eligible. Mm-hmm. And then you start thinking about it, and you're like, what in the world? Why did I just have to miss the first eight games of the season or yeah, whatever? Right. Yeah, right. It doesn't, doesn't make any sense. Yeah. doesn't yeah. make any sense. All right, so uh, let's, let's move to our game tonight. I know how you can avoid that. 
By not transferring. Yeah, just, go, I don't know, go to a school and stay there. <laughs> seems a lot. So, <laughs> seems so foreign anymore. It just seems so, it just seems, it's so foreign. How many guys do we have on our team that have played for more than two schools? I'd have to look at a roster, but more than two. I mean, that's... That's that, crazy. It is crazy. I mean, and, and it is crazy. I mean, and starting to see that more, starting to see that more and more, you'll say... Um, I don't disagree that it is crazy, but I also feel like when you get the new coach in, though, that that can happen more often because old the the guys that weren't working out are removed. No, and you're bringing in new guys that may have already transferred that you got the new coach knows and wants to bring in. Like it, Dion got a lot of flack for cleaning out cleaning house in Colorado. Well, they weren't good. He was bringing in players that he was trying to make the team better with. And it, it's not like they were getting rid of, you know, all Americans all across the board to bring in his players. It He was making the roster better. You want your new coach to do that. No, I see your but, – but Jamie's point is more than two schools. Sure, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, we're seeing, more, we're seeing more, more and more of that. Um, more than, all right, let me get this uh, for you. Pierre Brooks is their big stud for Butler. He averages almost 17 points a ball game. Coach Grant McCaslin the other day on how to limit Pierre Brooks for uh, this game against Texas Tech. I mean, I, I think when you look at Butler, they've got a lot of new guys that are filling out roles, too, and you see them trying to adapt to new opportunities. Um, and so I feel like they've got different guys that are playing well on different nights, but the physicality Pierre brings and the way he's played recently, it, you could tell it was a big reason why they won their last two games. It feels like they're shifting a little bit in who they want to be a primary go-to guy and how they're playing, and they're learning their team just like we are. And what I was going to say is, until he said that, is could you say some of those same things about Texas Tech, Jamie? Yeah, sure. Yeah, no doubt. You know, and, and they may say the same thing about Joe Tucson. Mm-hmm. You know, that he's, you know, maybe developed into uh, a little bit more of a, a, or is playing at a bigger level than maybe what they had anticipated. Who knows? Maybe maybe this is exactly what they anticipated out of, of Joe Tucson. But there's a guy. You know, that played at Iowa and played at West Virginia and now playing at Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. So he's on he's on team number three. Um, and sometimes you have to – sometimes teams are pretty good at dis- – you know, they'll list that in the roster, you know, transferred here, do, do, do. And then sometimes you have to dig inside their inside their player bios and go, oh, he was at this school or she was at this school and this school and this school. You know, it's one thing to be at – and what you're seeing some of this is at a junior college and then – at a Division One school, and then it doesn't work out, or maybe it works out really well, and they get to be better, and then they leave that school and go to someplace else. Mm-hmm. Uh, one last thing from McCaslin. Here is uh, what he wants out of this first true road game, besides the obvious of a win. Uh, honestly, the biggest thing is how, how do we minimize maybe some of those early three-point shots that we don't get paint touches first? How do we get an opportunity to get to the free throw line, get an inside-out shot as a part of what we're doing? It feels like early in the game we fired several threes before we've got paint touches. And I like our best shooters shooting shots if they're open, so I don't want that to be a second thought. But if they're half contested, how do we get a better one that feels like we're, we need to make the biggest improvement? Coach, you just talked about... And, and maybe going from getting a good shot to a great shot. Coach McCaslin is scratching where I itch. I just, I'm not a fan at all of the pull up three off the dribble. Um, you get a paint touch first, and that percentage goes up by like 15 to 
if you're kicking back out to that three-point shooter at any level, any level. And so I, I feel like the threes that you were taking in the uh, last bit of the Northern Iowa game were threes that were going inside out. And then you were kicking out to those shooters who were knocking down shots. And it was impressive how good you were offensively at that point. Get your feet set and get a better shot off, all those things. Yeah, no, it's just a, it's a more difficult one. And obviously good players can dribble the ball up the court and knock down a shot. But it, the percentage is just higher. Again, boys, girls, men, women, any level, NBA, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, when the ball is coming from the inside out to an outside shooter. So... I would like to see what he is talking about there. Just, uh, And it sounds like he felt like early on in games, because uh, he said minimize the, the early ones. Sounds like he feels like early on in games his team settles for that a little bit, and then, and then they settle in and um, figure out what they need to do right. So he's looking for them to kind of <laughs> run the game plan immediately not let's not wait three or four minutes yeah all right right now you're averaging 23 made baskets a game and and about 12 assists a game so you'd probably like to see that gap close a little bit too mm-hmm. which would speak to what you're just talking about uh the other thing that you'd probably like to do a little bit better job of is taking care of the basketball seems like that's been the case the last couple of games but you're averaging 13 and your opponent's averaging 13 you know, so far this season. So you'd like to, you'd like to see if you could kind of turn that, turn that down a little bit in terms of the turnovers. Um, yeah, but I don't, I don't feel like thirteen is a not, huge number, not, especially considering how many new players you have. No, staff yeah, yeah, you're, you're, that's, that's fair. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. that your opponent tonight's averaging about ten. You know, so you'd like to, yeah, you'd, like, you'd like to have less than your opponent. Mm-hmm. But you're, that's that's a that's that's fair. What you're what you're talking about there. It's, terms of number of new players and trying to get everybody to figure each other out so you know you you look at look at this game tonight and go it's a winnable winnable ball game would be a nice win i'll be curious about the crowd tonight what kind of how intense that is or isn't um you know are they will they get up for a big 12 school do they look at this and go oh this is a this is a big game tonight Mm -hmm. you know i wonder how i wonder how the butlers look at this and go is this just I mean, it's it's obviously a real team because it's a Big Twelve team. It's a Power Five team coming into their gym, and they probably still have a little bit of a, you know, chip on their shoulder about. But they also look at themselves and go, well, you know, we've been to a couple Final Fours too. You know, we've 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 got some street cred. I mean, not necessarily with the players that they have on the floor, and certainly, we, you know, we're in the same boat there uh, along those lines. But I don't know. I'm just kind of curious what the what the crowd's going to look like tonight there at Hinkle Fieldhouse. We'll uh, have Jamie's question of the day next here this morning on the morning drive. A reminder, Cowboys to play tonight to take on the Seattle Seahawks. We'll have that for you on 100.7, the score at 6. Tech men play tonight. We'll have it at 4.30. The tips at 5.30 from Hinkle Fieldhouse there in Indianapolis. This is the morning drive podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Time now for Jamie's question of the day on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3. Okay, so there's a, uh, this is a four-parter. Oh, my God. <laughs> four-parter. I want you to tell me, uh, we're, we're talking Red Raider basketball right okay. now. And I want you to tell me two things that you think you know about our team mm-hmm. after six games. And I want you to tell me two things you're still worried about. 
And the things you think you know, they can be positive or negative. It's up to you. Okay. Um, I really like Joe Tucson's play so far. I think what he's been able to do for you, it seems like he's been able to get big shots for you when when you need them. Even even some some threes when you when you need them. Um, I I love that Warren Washington uh, is seven foot. I'm concerned that Warren Washington isn't strong enough around the rim. Uh, he is though averaging eight rebounds a ball game, so I do I do like that. But I'm concerned about when you get into Big Twelve play when he's going up against those bigger guys. Can he can he finish? Can he finish at the rim? Um, I I love the fact that. Uh, Pop Isaacs uh, can be a guy that can be a gamer and score when you need him to score. I'm concerned about his three-point shooting. I think that's four. Okay. I kind of meandered around. I did, right? I know. I kind of went back and and forth. We're good. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay, so... Things that I don't know first. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I don't know how this team's going to handle Big 12 play yet. And I, I'm not going to know that until they start playing tougher competition, which in theory starts tonight. Um, they I, they could be really competitive in Big 12 play. And I, I'm not talking like win the conference or anything, but be in every game that they – and this goes into the what I think I know is that I think you've got an offensive defense that play well together that it's not just one or the other. Um, what I don't, what, the other thing that I don't know about this team is, well, I think maybe Joe Tucson's the answer to this. Who's the guy that's going to get that? Who's going to be the guy that's going to take over a game? You're kind of seeing that, but I'm more worried about Big 12 play than non-conference play in that. And we've seen many times in the past where the non-conference hero wasn't your Big 12 hero. Mm-hmm. So I'm still trying to figure out, and I hate to make this comparison because it's so unfair, but who's the Keenan Evans of this team? Who's going to be the guy that says, no, we're not losing this game. Follow me, boys. Let's go. And maybe you don't need that. Man, I would I would tell you right now, that's Joe Tucson. I hope so, but I don't know. Because of conference play, that's when that matters the most. The other thing that I know about this team or that I think I know about this team, is they're playing together. Like, And we've seen what happens when they don't, when a team doesn't firsthand. It's not fun. Um, it looks like a group of guys that is enjoying each other's company when they're on the court, and they're working together. So a step in We the all right shouldn't here. be that excited about that, but after what we went through last year, yeah, it's something to be excited about. So there's my two up and two questions. All right, two things that I think I know. I'll start with number one, okay? I think that Joe Toussaint and Darian Williams, perfect additions for Coach McCaslin's style of basketball. Uh, Both are tough. Both are versatile in the ways that they can affect a game. Uh, Both are solid defenders. Um, Just feel like really veteran, strong, you know, minded and, and like, hey, we're not going to, we're, we're, I'm not going to allow you to take me out of my game. I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to do the dirty work, all of that. I feel like they're, they're perfect guys for what Coach McCaslin's trying to do, which is, 
hey, let's let's attack on the offensive end, but let's uh, be physical and defend, you know, on, on the defensive end as well. So number one, I think that. Devin Cambridge, I think, is the most underrated player on the team. Uh, he can get buckets without running plays for him. He will do the dirty work. Um, and I like the fact that um, even though he's not a great outside shooter, he stays within himself. Okay? Um, gets to the glass a bunch. He's, he's um, you know, he's, he's physical, um, a guy that, you know, uh, is going to help you in some key spots because if you're having a bad day shooting, he's going to get you points with offensive rebounds and putbacks. So uh, another guy, really, I could have added him to that first group of guys that I think really Coach McCaslin has to be really happy with. Okay, my my concerns. Number one, Warren Washington and really the entire inside you haven't had anybody step up behind him, and to me, I continue to worry about him being able to handle the pounding of the Big 12. Um, he's uh, he's shown some great highlight plays, but hasn't. I would have guessed he would have been a more consistent scoring threat for the Red Raiders so far this season. So I'm a little bit worried about Warren Washington, but I think, I, I mean, I just think there's more for him. Maybe he's he's a guy that. When the Red Raiders use how to learn how to use him a little bit more, he's got the potential to be a big time player for you. But I'm still nervous. And again, nobody's really stepped up behind him in that that um, second or third string big man, which kind of scares me a little bit. You know, because some teams in the Big Twelve will challenge you in the post, and we know that Washington has had issues with foul trouble in his in mm-hmm. his past. Okay, so that's the one thing that concerns me. Other thing that concerns me a little bit, I think Chance McMillan has the has the has the chance to be an explosive score for you but i don't think he's quite figured out how to play in coach mccaslin's style of of play and actually chuck go back to that quote from coach mccaslin about you know wanting to go inside out and all mm-hmm. that you see chances minutes they've been all over the place and i think he I think he has the opportunity or the ability to be an immediate impact guy when he comes off the bench but I feel like he's settling for outside shots a little bit too much. And so I think that's why you saw his minutes drastically cut in the Michigan game. Um, the only three shots he took were three-point shots, and I didn't feel like he was attacking enough. And and so I, I just I, I want to see him figure out how to play in this system because I think he's got the potential to be a – you know, an explosive scorer for you off the bench. Yeah, Chance McMillan is 7 of 25 from beyond the arc. So 25 of his 35 field goal attempts have come from beyond three. He's a great athlete. He, he needs to use that athleticism a little more. And then he's just 2 of 3, speaking about not getting inside, only 2 of 3 from the free throw line. So he's only had three free throw attempts. And of the guys that have 20 or more minutes, I mean – he, he he has three. Most everybody else has 20 or more attempts. The, the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Jamie Lint, Jeff McGuire, I'm Chuck Hines. Hour from now, we'll hear from uh, Choice Woodman and also uh, Jeff Haxton. Uh, Jeff is uh, in Indianapolis with uh, the Red Raider basketball team. You'll hear him on the broadcast tonight at uh, 4.30 here on Double T 97.3. They take on Butler uh, tonight from Hinkle Fieldhouse. This is a bucket list deal for for Haxton. I I hope he's I hope he's 
I hope he toured on their shoot. If they're shooter, if they went to the gym last night when they got there, which and I don't know what their routine is, the men's routine. But I hope he, I hope he got to kind of walk around because that. I mean, this is a. He said he has said Hoosiers is his favorite sports movie, and this going to Hinkle and, and broadcasting a game is a bucket list thing for him. Mm-hmm. So I hope he, I hope he walked around the facility a little bit. Yeah, me too. Okay, me too. Yeah. So, can I change the subject, Johnny, here a little bit? Yeah. What did you think of Matt Rule's comments yesterday? Oh, that's crazy. You mean with the million dollar quarterback thing, a mm-hmm. million or two million dollars, if you got a quarterback in the in the transfer portal? I mean, I, it's like really a million dollars. That's what we're that's what we're talking about here. Because the the number that you hear thrown around by the collectives is well ten or twenty five or something like that thousand dollars, you know, per player, but. He's saying that uh, if you want to go get yourself a transfer quarterback, it's it's a million or two dollars. Does that mean that he paid a million or two dollars for his a million or two million for his? Well, I think his point is that they weren't going to go that route. I mean, they have three guys that mm-hmm. played a bunch this year. I think his point was that the question was asked about if they were going to bring guys in through the portal at the quarterback position, and I think he basically said we're not spending that money. Yeah, <laughs> um, which is interesting because um, we've seen Dabo be that way a little bit. With you know, he's been pretty adamant that they're not going to use the portal a bunch at Clemson, mm-hmm. and uh, Mike Gundy too at uh, Oklahoma State has yeah. not gone so well for Clemson. Yeah, and I mean. Oklahoma State was probably better than we thought they were going to be this year. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really think they were a great team. I think they had a pretty easy, one of the easier schedules in the Big 12 Conference. And I think the conference is really mediocre this year. So um, I don't know that it's just gone awesome for him either. But boy, these coaches that aren't, that are vocal and outspoken against it, you just feel like, man, they, they don't have much of a chance to. You know, to be a you know contender on the national stage. Well, let me ask you this: Do you do you believe Matt Rule? Well, it depends on which one you're going after. Mm-hmm. Obviously, um, what the situation is for certain guys. Uh, you know, we've heard of some some big names hitting the portal. I'm I wouldn't be shocked to see them getting a million dollars. I don't I don't. I really have no idea, Chuck, but that seemed a little bit high to me, If I, I guess, if I'm being honest. But, I mean, if we are paying ba- if we were paying basketball players a year ago $450,000 to play basketball, you don't think a starting quarterback would get yeah. way, way more than that on the yeah. free agent market? Yeah, no. And he, he also said this, Matt Rule did. He said, let's make sure we all understand what's happening. There are some teams that have six – or seven million dollar players playing for them. I mean, is he trying to make an excuse for his five and seven record? Maybe. Is he trying to say? Well, it's the same. So we've we've got Dabo now. We've got you've got Matt Rule. It's the same thing that Mora said last week, right? Mm-hmm. When he was like, "You <laughs> to his fan base, hey, you want us to compete with those other teams? Well, give get, me money to buy players like get, the other teams get, can get do. Get your checkbook out, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and, and man, I just, oh, I don't know. I, I mean, college sports is such a big money deal, and I and I get all of it. And 
especially college football, college basketball. Uh, but man, it's got to be so much, just completely different world for these coaches than when they started coaching yes. and where they are mm-hmm. now. Like, what in the world has happened? Mm-hmm. And, and and for some of these coaches, maybe that are just getting getting in. I mean, it's like, well, this is this is just what this is just the way it is. And for the coaches that like Dabo Sweeney or or uh, or Matt Rule or or other guys that are in there, you know, that have been coaching. Let's just say been a head coach for ten or fifteen or twenty years. They're like, man, what what in the world's going on here? How do I how do I adapt to this and wrap my head around it? And because Matt and, Rule says we we just kind of believe in doing things the old school way, the hard way, building. Well, fans don't want you to build; they want you to win, right? Right now, yeah, like today, or off with your head, and we'll move on. Let's like. It's like people saying, "Was Joey McGuire going to be on the hot seat if he goes six and six again?" I, I don't think so, but you know, it's like, look at your history. Do you think he'd be on the hot seat at six and six again? I don't think he'd be fired, but hot seat. I, I mean, warm seat. Yeah. Yeah. You don't think he deserved to be? No, I think he deserved to be. Um, yeah, I think he deserved to be. Okay, yeah. and so you don't think he would be? He would. You're, so you're saying he would deserve to be, but Kirby Hocutt and the administration be like, "Ah, eh, we're good." Uh, that's a. Uh, uh, I'm trying to wrap my head. I'm trying to wrap my head around. Okay, that would be year three, six and six. Yeah, I think the, the question would be is, would you extend him again? That that would be that would be the that'd be the question. Would you? What you wouldn't get a you wouldn't get a full extension, so that really puts you on the hot seat. So no, yeah, it'd, it'd be warm at six and six. Yeah, it'd, it'd be, I don't, I'm not warm. saying I think he would be fired. Yeah, but, but I it don't would be think, warm. I don't think that uh, any Kirby Hocutt would be going back to his list again and looking. Okay, so I got to be paying attention to other guys. Yeah, I got to yeah. be. See, I got to update this thing to see who I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll see how the next season goes, probably, but. Yeah, we're not sick, sitting here going, yeah, nothing to see here. Everything's great. Yeah, it's, that's that wouldn't be the case. That, yeah. that certainly wouldn't be the case. Um, yeah. But, I mean, here's the deal is going into next year, you're going to be substantially younger than what you were this year. Yeah. And so, you know, can you can you honestly look well, at Depending on what you do in the transfer portal. Sure. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and does his, does his philosophy change from maybe year one or year two of, hey, I'm – I'm going to be very selective about the transfer portal, or do they get more <laughs> aggressive in the transfer portal because they went six and six? Does it feel different to you? It does to me. Okay. But does it feel different to you than to have a collective here that pays every one of our football players $25,000? Mm-hmm. Or when you hear about a team saying, hey, we can get that quarterback if we brought him in and paid him $500,000 or a million dollars. Does that feel different to you? Because it feels completely different to Absolutely me. Absolutely feels completely different. It's completely different to me. It feels it feels like the spirit of the law is completely different by saying we're going to pay this guy a million or 500 grand, so whether it's football or basketball. Yeah. It just, it feels like it's, it feels like it's beyond the scope of what they were thinking. Yeah. It almost feels like we're headed to a salary cap. This has been the Morning Drive Podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at double T 97.3.com.